What's up, everyone? I'm Matt. And I'm David. And today we're going to talk about... Private lands, how to get access, as well as... Stand hunting versus spot and stock. Also, stay tuned near the end of the show, because we'll give you the insight on our product of the day. So let's jump right into it. All right. So, like, if we start thinking about this, like, uh, let's say we talk about our topic number one. We're looking at private lands and how to get access. Now, what I mean, uh, what we mean by private lands and how to get access is because a lot of us have all been through this type of cycle where you're going out hunting and all of a sudden either you're in an area that says uh, reserved for so-and-so hunters or so-and-so many hunters. And these are like personal signs and different things like that or, you know banners that are put up uh and i mean i don't know about you matt but like what what we kind of like want to mean by this whole topic is like we want to talk about how do you get around this and how you know some areas have private you know lands and stuff like that that you have to call the owner to get access to and some some signs are just completely let's say unorthodox and unnecessary right (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, obviously up uh, up here in the northern part of the province, uh, most times it's it's just the straight up, you know, green, yellow, and red posting saying that, you know, green, you're allowed to hunt, yellow, you got to ask permission, and red, there's no hunting. But I mean, we've all seen, um, you know, when anti-hunters or uh, um, farmers that really want to protect their land, like big time, or even even uh, you know logging companies and that kind of thing that own the land just do not want to have hunters on there and i mean there's some signage that that is unnecessary there's some different you know ways around it but the the important thing is is to understand and and respect uh respect the signage respect don't be don't be the guy that wants to go out hunting and ends up, you know, giving all the other hunters bad names. Yeah, exactly. So in my opinion, in my opinion, it's just, you know, start off by knowing where you want to go and then uh, try to find landowners, try to find the, the contact people that you need to contact to get, you know, the proper, uh, Access. I'm not going to say permits, but like, yeah, like permissions and, uh, you know, build a relationship with the landowner is the biggest thing. You know, like it's, and, and, you know, like what we were talking about, uh, well, like we mentioned earlier, it's like, you want to ask these things and stuff like that. And obviously, like we were mentioning earlier on with signs that are saying, you know, so many hunters and stuff like that, like, yeah, maybe these guys ask for permission to be there or, or whatnot, but then that, like, I could see that as it's okay for a private land that somebody says that there's so many hunters that are there, therefore, you know, they want to keep their spot and stuff like that. But I mean, when it comes to crown land or when it comes to just, you know, land that's accessible to everybody else, I find that it's just, it's non necessary to put those signs up. I I find that it's like, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but I mean, a certain sense, it just kind of dissuades people from actually wanting to go hunting. You know what I mean? Well, for me, like, I mean, obviously, for, especially for my uh, my father being in the outfitting business for so long, um, I mean, we, we have to, we have to uh, post, if you want, that we will be hunting in a certain region on, on uh, public lands, which doesn't, really does not give us um, rights to the land or, or anything like that, but 
you know, it's just common courtesy between hunters to to respect that area. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing that there's nothing that forces anybody to say, well, this guy's hunting there and, and we're not going. Yeah. Uh, no, I can you, understand that. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, especially especially like the only the only thing we do here and you know that for posting uh, for hunting in the northern part of the province. I don't really know how it works in the southern part where deer hunting is big, but up here it's it's just for moose. Yeah. You know, moose is the uh, is the primary one that we will post for, and um, you know it's it's just respecting what's what's the other hunters. I mean, the land is big enough for the amount of hunters that are out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, I got a I got a story about this on, on last year's moose hunt. Actually, um, the moose that we harvested uh, was in this clear cut that earlier that morning when we drove by uh there was a a vehicle parked there and uh there was no sign but the vehicle was parked so we figured you know somebody had a stand in there somebody was hunting the uh, the clear cut yep and uh later on the afternoon when we came by there was a moose um in the road that ran into that clear cut Mm-hmm. that did no longer have a vehicle there was no signage there was no nothing in the in the uh area yep so so we got out of our vehicle and uh you know went into the into the clear cut spotted the moose and uh fired on it and was able to harvest the moose and as we were uh getting walking into where uh our our animal had uh, died um the vehicle started coming out from the the chopping, you know, and and the guys were like, hey, you know, we were hunting here, but if I would have known there was a vehicle there, or if I'd have known there was a sign there, or they'd have given me any, I would have not harvested that moose. So that, again, comes down to um, my opinion with signage, and it's it's mostly a respect thing, really, between hunters, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, like, I could, like, I can understand that point, but a lot of times, I mean... What I seem to, to, like, I could understand that point. I'll rephrase this. But I would say that if you're no longer there, like, bring the sign down. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, for sure. Because, I mean, like, sometimes you get to areas and you're completely, like, dissuaded of actually hunting there. But that sign could have been there for, like, for the past two years and nobody's even there. But you're just not going there because, I mean, like you say, you, you respectively go, like, okay, it's saying that there's two or three hunters here right now. So obviously I'm not going to go hunt here, but I mean, that could be an entirely old sign that's been there for like two years. (laughs) But that's where common courtesy comes in as well. Like we date our signs. Yeah, exactly. That we put up, you know. Or even put a number or something. Yeah, we we always have our name, phone number, and uh, and a year that we'll be hunting there. Because let's say an example um, for non-resident moose hunters, we know... We know uh, if we have any non-resident moose hunters before the resident draw even begins. Yeah. So, like, we the application for, for residents just finished last Friday, mm-hmm. which is a, a week ago. Yeah. And we already knew that we had three non-resident moose hunters. Okay. Um, that being said, with the whole COVID-19 situation, I don't believe the borders will be open by September. Yeah. But... That's why, like, some guys say, oh, well, why does Mr. Roy have his moose signs out? He has three moose signs, uh, hunting area signs out, and we don't even know if we got a license yet.
but see that's where the people don't really understand that an outfitting business uh, knows that we actually do have moose hunters before the residents so yeah no no for sure Uh, that i can understand like if i give an example of like last season when i went just partridge hunting uh, i mean i think i turned around like maybe at least six times because every single time that i wanted to go into a trail like you're just you're driving and i would spot a trail turn in there'd be a sign saying like 12 hunters in this area uh, for deer and then another one would say like uh, three hunters here for moose and so on and so forth. So it's like, like I know the moose season's completely over, but again, that sign would like just f- the sheer fact of that sign being there. I'm telling myself like, okay, well they put it up You'll for moose. The area. Yeah. They put it up for moose. I know moose hunting season's over, but I mean, they could be there for some other reason, you know, like deer yeah, or, yeah. And, or and again, grow that's, still. That's so. common courtesy. You know? Exactly. So I'd turn around, but I mean like at a certain point, it was like every single trail, like every single walkable trail that was there, every single one of them had a sign. <laughs> no, were they the same name in everyone? Nope. <laughs> oh, so. at least that. Yeah. Because when one guy just puts his name all over the place, that I do kind of find a little troubling. Yeah, because I mean, like at a certain point, you ask yourself like, okay, well, you know, pick your spots kind of thing. And yeah, exactly. I could understand like, like in your point of view, if you're an outfitter or something like that, like, yeah, go ahead. You know, you, you'll have multiple different spots because you have multiple different clients. But exactly. if you're just like regular Joe and Jane, I mean, I see no reason why you would need to have like 12 different areas that are, you know, reserved exactly. to you when in reality, you're probably only going to be hunting like one or two of them in a season. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. Yeah, really on a good, on a good season yeah because, exactly I, mean, I, I always go back to most because um up here you know you know as well as me that the deer hunters are, are far few and far between um but i mean in a five day moose season are you going to be jumping around between three four spots yeah no, no <laughs> yeah i know not. you know it's, like, it's just I mean, like pick a spot yeah pick a yeah, spot and harvest spot. that spot you know what i mean like exactly if you're just going to be jumping around, you're going to end up like the guys that showed up late to the area that you were at when you harvested your moose. I mean, they probably did that. They were just jumping around. Exactly. And they missed their opportunity. But I mean, you know, like. That's right. That's what happens. That's what happens. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and like if we get back to the the idea, like we're talking about, you know, signages, signage and different things like that. Like we also have uh, different colored tags that you can find uh, yeah. on lands that'll help you or help anybody else um, decide whether or not that it's an area that they're allowed to hunt, that it's a private land, uh, that it's an area that they are not allowed to hunt, uh, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, and it's it's like you were saying earlier on, it's like you have the green, yellow, and red. You know what I mean there? Yeah, and that, that you see a lot down uh, again uh, in the southern part. So, so west part of the province uh since there's a lot more farmland down there compared to where uh we're up on the northeastern side it's mostly uh logging or uh, or that you know just crown reserve straight up you know standing forest uh but the yellow uh the yellow green and red um is is i, I i'm not sure if i'm i'm gonna say that might be universal i haven't i honestly have not seen that anywhere else 
but on most of my trips uh, to the states, you know, they have a lot more uh, private land than we actually do. Like we're yeah. lucky enough to have thousands and thousands of square kilometers and miles uh, of public land. Yeah. yeah, well, we have, like, vast amount of land between, like, almost every single town that we have here, and, and I mean, it's just, like, you follow the highway, you got, like, land everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're lucky enough to have that, and, I mean... Oh, yeah. We can't complain. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like I keep describing, uh, like, uh, you have, here in New Brunswick, it's, it's pretty much water and woods. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, we, that's that's what we are, just water and woods. Water so, and woods. So you're either a fisherman or you're a hunter or you're both or you're, you know, like... That's true, that's true. Yeah. And uh, like we were saying in one of the other episodes, like, <laughs> once hunting season finishes, half the, popula- the population spikes uh, oh, higher yeah. in New Brunswick because everybody takes off their camo. <laughs> exactly. And even at that, you still see it in December. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep, you do. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh no, definitely. And like if we like another thing too that w- we elaborated a little bit on at the beginning uh is privately owned land and how to get, you know, the, the proper information. Uh if I'm not mistaken, you can actually a lot of people actually even give their names in to the DNR uh and the DNR will have names of people that, you know, are sometimes open to having people hunt on their lands, uh, different things like that. And you can inform yourself or get information through them. Uh, and they'll have contact information that you would be able to get a hold of people and say like, you know, Hey, look, uh, we're looking to hunting deer or whatever. Do you mind if we do this? Uh, because I, I heard this a bit through the grapevines that, that they, you can do that. A lot of them do know a lot of people, uh, that are open to that, but you know, I don't know what on yeah, your I've, end. I've, I've, I've heard of it. I've never witnessed it myself. Um, but I remember my father telling me, uh, before we had, uh, well, this was actually probably even before I was born. Um, when my father was, was younger and hunting, uh, because our deer, uh, season up here has been closed for like 35, 36 years now. Yeah. And, uh, they all used to go down to the Southern part of the province, uh, Coles Island, is uh, is the majority one and uh again with the signage you know we found a yellow a yellow sign on some private land found out who owned it uh went to uh meet the the uh, older gentleman and ended up hunting that land for seven or eight years and i mean yeah every year when he got there uh the the gentleman and his wife uh, during the week that my father was there my father and two of his buddies were allowed to hunt on their land. Yep. That's that's the only people that were hunting there for one week out of the year. Yeah. And every night they would get out of the hunting stand, you know, and uh, the 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 lady and the gentleman um, had a home cooked meal for them in the farmhouse. Uh, they helped them, you know, uh, bring out the uh, bring out their harvest with the tractors, uh, you know. So yeah, those those are things that are fun. Get, yeah, you got to get to know, you know, if you're looking at hunting private land, yeah. Uh the people that are and I don't know, like I say I don't think they got in contact with the DNR to find this, but they when they did find out who owned it, you know, they built a relationship with them instead of just going to say, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm Matt and I would like to hunt your land," you know. Yeah. Uh and I believe they would even go down there 
like two times during the summer at least to help out like uh uh with the with the the farm work like the uh, the planting or the the uh hay or or, or whatnot yeah. they were that they were doing i if i'm not mistaken they they used to go down there oh that's not bad so, then, you know yeah. that's pretty cool absolutely and uh you know like those these are things that we bring out to everybody else like that we're we're trying to give you guys ideas on you know how to get a spot because i think most of us we've all asked ourselves this question like okay i have my hunting licenses i have my firearms courses and i have my license now i need a spot now i need a spot what do i do and i mean a lot of like what we're telling you is, or like what we're trying to tell you guys that are listening in is, you know, these, it's to inform yourself. You can go to the DNR, uh, close friends a lot of times or other hunters, especially in clubs and stuff like that. Uh, they'll be able to tell you, uh, you know, of different areas or, and stuff like that. You, you can get a lot of information there. Uh, the other thing too, that, you know, that we mentioned, uh, earlier on, especially with this is signage what to look out for, common courtesy, you know, when you're seeing signage that's out there. And we're not saying like, like it's, we're not, we're saying it's okay to do it, but we're saying do it like in a, let's say respectful manner when you're exactly. putting up signs and stuff like that. Cause exactly. I mean, the biggest thing is, is there, it, you just said it right there. The biggest thing is respect. Um, in my opinion, because you know, the, the hunter image in unfortunately in 2020 i mean is is still kind of of a bad image uh to a lot of people yeah in certain regions yeah and i mean don't add to the don't add fuel to the fire by disrespecting uh other hunters uh other nature enthusiasts yeah um, exactly you know and 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 the private private land owners uh you know the biggest thing there is try to try to try to reestablish the hope if i if you know if that's not too deep uh <laughs> the, for the hope for the hunter the hope you know the the hunter image for the future generations will not be destroyed by um yeah they won't be that are done today you know? yeah exactly like we don't we don't want people to be dissuaded about it in the sense that like if you put up signage, don't get angry to a point of almost, you know, pulling out the fisticuffs and, and, and trying to fight the, the, the next hunter that comes in just because he didn't read exactly. your sign. Like, exactly. I mean, ownership is not there, no. but it's just pure common, you know, respect in a certain sense. But uh, I mean, like, if you look, uh, I'm, I'm going to say this because it, it's, you hear it all the time. Like you hear people almost practically almost being shot at like, Oh yeah, you know, warning fires and stuff like that of of yeah. people showing up on lands and and they just cross yeah. because they didn't see the sign and all of a sudden they get like these warning shots up in the air. Like I mean, this the, to me this this is going too far. That's the bad uh, image. And exactly that. That's like that's the bad image that a lot of people hear mostly about, rather than the actual well, good that's course. happening. Because I mean, course. it's just it's good news. You know what I mean? It's like good media, man. It's good media to hear about some you know zealous hunter that yep. all of a sudden just like loses his mind over just because somebody showed up on on a of land course. that he doesn't even own <laughs> in the of first course, place you know? you know it's just because I he's mean, been there for so many years but i mean still there there's like that it's it's, it's happened to me yeah you know, 
shooting uh, at an animal and following it onto a private land. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, I I didn't, like... I didn't go a mile onto the private land. Like I could, I could literally see my harvested animal uh, fifty yards into his but next door neighbor's field. So I mean, I went over and I got it and I hauled it out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, should I have went to ask? Technically, yeah, I believe I should have. But you know, when it's right there, we yeah. all we all did it. And and if the landowner would have come out and seen me and would have wanted to argue with me, he would have been in all his rights. To yeah. be honest with you, I, I oh, would have yeah. understood, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. So. But, I mean, you know, those are things that we're telling you guys to look out for and to, you know, keep an eye out for and stuff like that. And that that's pretty much what our first topic is all about. And yep. uh, if we look into, let, like, actually, let's let's tie this into our second topic. Yeah, because it, it, there's a certain point here that will very well uh fall in there yeah definitely and like if we tie this into our second topic our second topic was the difference between stand hunting and spot and stock now yep. for in, like i mean what's your preference what 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 style do you prefer well i mean we're mostly uh we're mostly stand hunting yeah uh for for bear uh and moose here and i mostly stand hunt as well um when I go on my hunting trips in the States. Yeah. Now to say I'm more intrigued and interested in spot and stock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've never really had the opportunity to do it. Yeah. Um, we've, we're starting to do it more and more with moose just because of the sheer rush <laughs> of, of getting that, you know, thousand pound animal, you know, getting a stock on it. And, and, you know, you know, like me, we're, we're big time bow hunters, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, um, stocking up on a moose with a bow is, is something else. And I got two really good buddies of mine that that's the only way they hunt. Yeah. It's like the soul and, and, and only way that yeah. some people will, will hunt, you know? For moose. Yeah. Uh, for bear and deer, they will not. Um, but for moose, they will solely, you know walk through stand i mean i've seen them cut a trail through the woods to get their atv in to like it took them 10 hours to cut a trail oh, to go yeah. get this moose because this moose called and it they were walking on a road and the moose answered their call and they could not find it so they went in the woods you know to try to spot it then they did spot it then they had to stalk around because the wind wasn't good like that's so interesting to me yeah well and same but, here <laughs> it, you know, I, I I would love to really give it a try. Um, like my father used to do a lot of that when he was living out in the Yukon, you know, 30 some odd years ago. Uh, but here, you know, like me in the, uh, in, in New Brunswick, I mean, you walk 10 feet in the woods. If, you know, like I've, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen a lot of our American friends come in here where they're used to seeing like, you know, miles through the woods walk in 10 feet and be like man if i go another 10 feet i'm lost (laughs) yeah exactly so i mean it you need to be a a very uh very good hunter and a very conscious hunter of what you're doing and be ready for some 
be ready for some work if you're going to do that here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I and I mean like even even so, like we were saying, it, it ties into our first subject because a lot of times I've noticed like you go in one trail or you go in one area. And all of a sudden, there's like all these adjacent, you know, like exactly roads hitting a left, right, and center. And then you decide to, you know, go right or whatever, and you're you're popping out into this trail that all of a sudden you look back and there's a sign there saying that there's hunters in that area. So, yep. like, but in the, in the trail that you went back, if you go back, if you backtrack, and the trail you were in before, there was nothing there. So it's yep. like, you know, spot and stalking is is great fun. And like, I love the challenge of it as well, but I mean, it's just like, I find there's like, it's, it's very difficult to not all of a sudden wind up somewhere where you're not supposed to be. (laughs) Exactly. Like, especially, especially like, uh, again, I'm going to go down to the Southern part of the province where there's a lot of farmland. You can be on public land and end up on, on private property without really knowing. Yeah. Whereas where we are, uh, you know, there's a large uh, central part of New Brunswick that is inhabited. You know, there's there's nobody there. There's there's nothing except a, a park. There's yeah. one park <laughs> in the middle of the province. Yeah. Um, which is no hunting, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I've never I've never ran into um, I've ran into logging operations though. Like posted signs saying, you know, there's workers in the area, you can't hunt here. Yeah. That I've run into, but actual private land, I've never uh, walked up on that in yeah. in the province of New Brunswick. And then you also have your zoning, right? Exactly. Like, that's the, that's another big thing that, you know, uh, wildlife management zones. You know, yeah, exactly. You got to know your zones. Because, <laughs> I mean, I remember if like just partridge hunting or something like that, like, I'd get the spots, I'd be like, wow, this is a great spot. Probably be a great spot to deer hunt. And then, you know. The zone's st- closed. Zone's closed. But then if I just walk back, like, a good 15 minutes, all of a sudden I'm, I'm in an open zone. You know what I mean? Like, Well, the, even better than that, I mean, if you're driving up to my father's hunting lodge. Yep. Okay. Y- y- well, you've been there. Yep. There's, before you cross the river, you're in one zone. Yep. And then when you take the bridge to cross the river, the left-hand side of the road is one zone and the right-hand side is the other zone. So while yeah. driving up to the lodge, you are crossing three wildlife management zones, <laughs> which one of those is closed for deer hunting. Yeah. And when applying for moose hunting, you know, you got to apply for one zone. Yeah, exactly. But you so, got three so of them. What, yeah, exactly. So got, what do you do? Like, see, last year I was in, in, in one zone, the zone that's across the river, and the lodge is in the zone on the other side. Yep. So when I left the lodge, you know, I could not have my gun out. I could not. If I would have seen this monster moose, I couldn't have did anything till I crossed that river. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that also comes into spot and stock because, I mean, it could come as as simple as crossing a road. You're in another zone. Yeah, exactly. It's, so. it's really that simple. So you spot and stock. You you have to know. Um, you have to know where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh it's no, as simple it, as that. it's it's a prerequisite to to have at least a GPS system uh, with you that's already mapped out. I mean your 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 zones, your borders, and different things like that. Like where you can be, where you can't be. I think that's yeah. something that everybody should have. 
Uh, and then if we look at stand hunting, I mean, for me, stand hunting for me, like, is, I see it as being an advantage for when you're bull hunting almost entirely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you have the opportunity of, instead of, you know, you're still going to be able to call the animal. I mean, you're still calling the animal with a fire, a, a firearm as well. I mean, when you're, yeah, even you're, spot and stuff, you're still calling. Exactly. You're still calling you and stuff like that. It's just like, instead it's of range, yeah, it exactly. comes down to range. It comes down to range. Instead of clo- closing the distance by foot and by animal, that's by, you know, attractant, you're pretty much solely just bringing the animal in to you. Uh, or being in a, in a zone that's like a crossing zone, pretty much just like a game trail that's passing in front or, you know, different things like that. that that's a really good uh, point there because in, in stand hunting, I do believe that there's two different um, two different ways about that. Yeah. And I see this a lot uh, when I go hunting in Illinois as an example, mm-hmm. where uh, baiting or like food plotting uh, is, is kind of... There's like this loophole around it, but you're not allowed to make a bait pile. Yeah. Like, it's like... Where, when I go to Maryland that I dump, you know, a hundred pounds of corn 50 yards away from me. Yeah. And, and get them to come in. But in, so like you say, in, uh, in Illinois, you're really setting up like the, my buddy that's out there does an awesome job of scouting his land. Again, it's on private property. Yeah. Uh, he scouts his land. He finds the trails. He knows where those deer are going, mm-hmm. but you're sitting on a trail. You're yeah, not sitting much. on a bait pile. You're not sitting on a, you know. So that animal has a choice to not come by that trail while you're sitting in that tree. Yep. H- hence why I've never shot a buck in Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so anyway, because I'm just, re- I'm, I'm sitting in one place and then I change stand at night and I check the trail camera at the other place. And if I would have been there at night, he would have passed anyway. Yeah. Whole other topic. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But, and here for moose and for bear, I mean, bear, we have bait stations. Yeah. And moose, we have uh, salt licks and decoys, you know, that we, like you say, we're bringing them to us. Yeah, exactly. In- instead yeah. of just being on the road, like being just pretty much a, a crossing point in front of you, well, you can decide to, you know, bring them in towards you. Uh, which is, which is exciting. Exactly. It, I mean... I'd have no problem with that either, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, no, definitely like, and I think, you know, a pretty good example of that is actually your, your, your mom and dad, uh, with their, their latest adventure that they did, which was stand hunting and, and, uh, and they got, they were able to cultivate a, you know, an awesome looking, uh, black bear. Yeah. That was a, that was a a pretty, to be honest with you, that (laughs) was one of the, one of the, biggest bears uh well it's the biggest bear my uh my mother has harvested yeah and uh, um no it was uh it was something else yeah definitely and i mean that right there just shows like it was still with a firearm in a stand so yeah i mean the possibility is there as much for whichever means of hunting that you you know you want to use be it bow or be it firearm and 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 also there i'd like to add in that you know stand hunting isn't a, you know, like, yeah, okay, she harvested her bear, but she ended up uh, sitting in that stand, you know, for 
days, four, four, five days yeah, exactly. before getting the bear she wanted. So, I mean, it, it's still not like, oh, just go sit in the tree and something's going to come up. Oh, no, I shouldn't say that. They saw bears every time, but they were after that one specific bear. Exactly. You put a trail cam which, up and then you can shoot, Exactly. You know. So that that's a whole different, you know, spot and stalk. You're spotting an animal and you choose to go after it. Yeah. Or stand hunting, you can you can decide, okay, this is the animal, whether it be a bear, a moose, a deer, whatnot, you you decide on which animal you want to go after. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I could actually even add to that. Uh, in a certain sense, you can decide which animal you'd like to hunt by spot and stalking as well because you can always predetermine what type of trail, like I was saying earlier on with GPS, like if you're at home and you map out an area or something like that pre-season uh, or even during the season, whatever, uh, and then you can decide like, okay, well... Let's say for the first couple of days of the hunting season, I'll, I'll set up some trail cams uh, in that route that I'm going to take and then go check it out, you know, after maybe the second or third day of the season after it started. Uh, and then you can see if there's actually animals that, that you know, dr- that walk in or, or wander in those type of trail systems that you're going on. And all of a sudden, if you spot something that you like, well, I mean, you're going to search that area until you find it, right? You know? Like, oh, Definitely. Definitely, I mean, it, yeah. it's still possible to, you know, selectively that, choose the animal you wish to hunt by spot and stalking. You know what I like? Yeah, because that also makes it really, really interesting because... You know he's in the area. You, you, one, you know he's in the area, but even before you know he's in the area, you're setting up blind. Yeah, exactly. So once you, once you find him there, the excitement kind of gets, you know, man, here he is. This is the guy I want. This is what I'm going after. And it, you know. Now I got to stalk them. How, <laughs> how does the saying go? Deer season has caused many, you know, divorces and, <laughs> and arguments and bankruptcies. Oh, probably. <laughs> you know, and, and insane asylum uh, admissions. Probably even moose, just for the five days. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. And and rem- do you remember when it was three days? Yeah. Like, I remember the three-day season, like, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It was it was crazy. And then the five-day, and, and the five-day season, I mean, it's still... It's still pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. It's, still, it's still pretty wild, but, you know, it's cool. You know, I, I still find it funny, though, with, like, the whole... You, you got the five-day season, and then, like, what? Hunting opens up, let's say, the very first day, it opens up at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. Or, like, yeah. a daybreak. Well, daylight, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But you got to admit, it's kind of funny when, like, at daybreak, you pretty much already have people that have, like, moose in their trucks yeah. on the road. That that one's funny. The, that like, one's, that one's... I find that just a little, like, okay, you pretty much sit up the day before, and yeah. if you didn't pass an all-nighter, you waited, <laughs> like... <laughs> and, I mean, there's there's no use for that. I know. I, I, I mean, I... You know. I remember it was, like, maybe... Two or three years ago, uh, about three years ago, I had a dentist appointment and I was heading over to the dentist for, for eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like, uh, this is all the way out in Karaket. No, no, this in is in Karaket. Yeah. Well, yeah. Within, you know. It's about an hour away it's, still. But, but it's still in the city. Yeah, exactly. You know so, what I mean? Like you're not in the middle of the boonies. <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. But you still got an hour's 
drive away and I can remember at a certain point, like this is opening day. So I'm, okay. I'm leaving the house at like six something in the morning, driving down there. And I've already crossed like two trucks with moose in the back, like on the highway <laughs> driving down. Like seriously, uh, how at six yeah, like, in the morning were you already able to take that thing out of there, load it up yeah. in the truck, empty it out, and like be at be on the road at six forty five? Like but what, what? What makes me laugh again? And this is maybe a little off topic, but how do how do they think the DNR officers when they come to register their their harvest are not going to know that that thing was not harvested like? At an illegal hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I just don't get it. It's like, oh, yeah, this is completely legit. We've never... <laughs> record <Yeah>. time. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, he, he jumped in the truck. Yeah. Just made it that much easier. Exactly. He yeah. jumped He jumped into the truck and uh, was empty already. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, okay. To, <laughs> let's, get, let's get back to, uh, to topic here. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know... Um, in, in our region here, uh, Hunter Orange is required, uh, for moose, deer, and, uh, bear in the fall, but bear in the spring, you do not need a Hunter Orange. So in, in stand hunting versus spot and stock, I mean, you know, spot and stock with a bright fluorescent orange vest on, cause we're not allowed to use, um, broken orange we need a certain amount of square inches of orange yeah uh, on our bodies to and we need a hat you know yep. you need the hat and the vest yes so i mean spot and stock uh you know they say that it doesn't matter they don't see colors or whatnot but i mean they do see one big patch of something that's not yeah they don't like see, the rest you know exactly they they so they see something that's not broken up you know what I mean? Exactly. So like, it it does it's add, unnatural. It does add a little bit of a little bit of challenge there. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I, and that's why I think that for the specific region that we're in right now, uh, being New Brunswick and being the regulations that we have on you know on clothing code uh, and color, that's why I think it's it's a bigger advantage in terms of spot and stock to do it with a firearm than rather than doing it with a bow. Uh, definitely do in part because of the color coding that we have to wear when we're hunting is to our disadvantage yep for sure yeah if if we could at least have the broken blaze orange yeah be so bad yeah no for sure but uh straight up you know orange vest and hat and hat and a toque on your helmet (laughs) yeah exactly like if you're on an adv you need to uh you need to buy the orange cover for your helmet yeah exactly Anyway. I mean, we have enough on the roads during construction season that we have to yeah. put them also in the woods. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no, that see, that's definitely a a thing to consider when uh, stand hunting versus spot and stock is yep. your and spot and stock. Not only that, um, and and this will actually fall into our product of the day uh, in a little bit. Yes. But you know, uh, you got to watch out for uh, noisy clothes. Um, which, oh yeah, I mean, that's synthetic. Yeah, egg, you know. Yeah, you know that. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie, but when you when you do buy, you know, um, um, more lower end um hunting clothing, you often get that 
that that uh, that splash key- paint kind of <laughs> you know what I mean? That keyway, uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then plastic rub up against you, and you, you <laughs> bet that the deer, you bet the deer, the moose heard you from like two miles away. You know, he's so, already so gone. Will, oh yeah, for sure. So that'll come into the product of the day in a bit. But see yeah. that that does make a difference. Like, I've I saw myself stand hunting for moose. Maybe this is gonna be probably about five five years ago six years ago now yeah i mean moose hunting is end of september usually you know big frost uh getting cold you know ice on the lake in the morning yeah i mean this was the second day or the third day and i mean we get up in the morning it's five o'clock we get out to the stand you know we're, we're walking in at daybreak mm-hmm. it's cold it's it's not cold it's cool the sun comes out, man, and it's like ten o'clock, and we are stripped down into our underwear and stand, <laughs> getting eaten alive by mosquitoes at the end of September. Mosquitoes and black heat. flies. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> we got a picture with our hunting boots on, with our pants pulled down to our hunting boots, with just a t-shirt on, dying of heat in the moose <laughs> stand. Where you know, how do you how do you dress for that? So anyway, yeah. <laughs> So, Sorry for sharing that. Sorry yeah. for sharing that. <laughs> that well, image might not be a good one for everybody, but anyway. Well, if we're if we're going to talk about how do we dress for that, let's actually jump right into the product of the day. Yeah. So uh, for the product of the day uh, on this episode, what we're going to do, we're actually not going to go directly to a product. We're going like to go more line. to a brand. Yeah, yeah a brand. Because in that brand, they have many lines of clothing. Absolutely. Now. Um, the uh, the brand in, in question here that we're going to spotlight is Sitka Gear. Now, Sitka Gear, I've been using this uh, personally for probably about five or six years now. Yep. Um, I, I, I don't know if I you, haven't personally have used you, it or used no. any. But, I mean, okay. just by, by the fact that you've been talking about it continuously. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> it, it has influenced me to uh, want to, uh, to, look prob- to look into it and probably invest because, I mean, if we're if we're going to you know, plan trips to go hunting. I think I, I should, I should match. <laughs> and, well, and not just that, uh, because, you know, our next endeavor is our uh, waterfall hunting for this fall. Yes. Sitka Can't Gear wait. has the, gr- yeah, me too. Sitka Gear has the uh, great advantage of w- what they do is they, they divided their clothing in, uh, when you go on their website to order, if you talk to any, you know, uh, a retail store or whatnot. Yeah. The way they have it set up is um, for their pursuit. The way, meaning, you know, like, what are you pursuing? Yep. So they have Big Game, Whitetail, and Waterfowl. So they have those three lines. And and in the the, uh, Big Game and Waterfowl, they have two different camel patterns. Okay. So they have, in the Big Game, they have uh, Subalpine. And that's the one I have, and the other one I, I'm trying to think of the name of it. I just I had it, and it just blanked out on me. Subalpine, <laughs> and oh man, we'll get that's it. Horrible, <laughs> that's horrible. I just had it, and I start. I lost my train of thought. But yeah, so because like I say, I'm I'm gonna concentrate on subalpine because um, it's more of a camel pattern that I would use here. Like the the other uh, big game is actually for more mountainy regions. Okay. 
So we're looking at more, more like, of a, you know, digital pattern, it's more a rocky a, it, type of pattern. It, exactly. A rocky digital. Everything is digital pattern. Yeah. Really, it's it's gore camo, I believe. Yeah. Optifade, Optifade uh, camo for okay. Sitka gear. Yeah. Um, but what happens with that is, like I say, it, it's all about the colors, right? Yep. So the, the subalpine is more for, for what we're hunting in. Yeah, like what we and, have as the phonic region that we have right yeah. now. Yeah. In terms of pine exactly. trees and you know leaf, uh, you know yeah, uh, it's, it's a, maples it's a little and more, so on and so forth. It's a there. little more brown and green. Yeah, uh, yeah. than the, color the other one they have is more like a rocky grayish black. Yeah, for like Rocky Mountain type stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So and and so I have the uh, I have the subalpine in the big game line, and I most of my most of my gear though uh, from Sitka gear is actually. Even though I've never hunted waterfowl, yeah, I use a lot of the waterfowl gear um, because their camo is I find actually perfect for coyote hunting. Okay. So I, I've I've geared myself up pretty good in waterfowl, so I'm already good for that in the fall. <laughs> and the waterfowl, they actually have two different ones. They have marsh and they have wetlands. That okay. one I know. I know which both of those are. Yeah. Um, and I have the marsh being more um like a brownish you know you know when i talk about a marsh you you know it's it's, like a cattail region yeah exactly like it's browns and beiges yep and the uh the marsh the uh wetlands is more like swampy so you got some dark browns dark dark blacks you know you're more than that yeah but okay to get back to like i say what's great with the brand is when you choose your pursuit uh from there, you have early season, mid season, late season. Okay. Uh, you know, rain gear, and they—I mean—they use Gore-Tex. They use Primaloft insulation. So we're uh, not we're not looking at the uh, Kiwi uh, no, type of coating that, that goes. Shrink, shrink, shrink. <laughs> not, not at all. Like I mean, my father has the white tail uh, because they do have white tail as well. My father has a lot of white tail gear because that's what he mostly hunts when he goes to the states, right? Okay. And I mean. The whitetail gear uh, has a. I'm just gonna give this one as an example because it's insane. Their bibs, like for bib pants for for whitetail, are called the incinerators okay. for late season. Yeah, like I am not kidding you. I, I I've tried them once when I went out there, and I mean it was late November, snowing four inches of snow on me, and I mean I was so toasty in those things, man. Like. Okay, we're going to talk. We always talk about price. Again, where we're going about a, a, a brand here. Yeah. They're not, okay, they're not found at Walmart. They're not found, you know, let's let's get that out of there right now. They are a bit more expensive, but you have one system. You'll have it for years. Their warranty on it is great. Uh, yeah. Like, it, it comes... I mean, it, it, it comes down for, to exactly you get what you pay for. You, you know what I mean? You get what you pay for. Worth the investment if you're a serious hunter. Yep. And I mean, I wear my my uh, Sitka gear pants and bibs. Uh, even, you know, just to go in the woods, even if I'm not hunting, if I'm prepping anything, if I'm, you know, yeah. I've used that for, for other stuff. Just for guiding. You yeah, know? for exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um, but definitely guys, you know, like if you're into, uh, stand hunting, spot and stock, uh, if you're the kind of hunter that 
doesn't want rain to stop them, doesn't want cold to stop them, yep. definitely consider looking into Sitka gear. It's it's amazing stuff. It's worth every penny. It'll change your hunting game, in my opinion, because part of hunting is uh, being comfortable, yep. not freezing, Absolutely. not getting wet, layering. Oh, and that's the other thing. You can create, like I said a while ago, uh, they have early, mid, and late season, but they also have yep. like next to skin layers and then insulating layers and then kind of uh, like a top layer armor type of. Oh yeah, yeah. you know merino like wool a, a thermal uh, layers, yeah, or, merino yeah. wool uh, base layers, which are great. I have them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And then you have the lightweight and and they they put a lot like let's say I'm gonna give an example of the marsh gear that I got. I have a lightweight long sleeve, then I have the medium okay. weight long sleeve. They have the yeah. heavyweight, but I don't have it. But what I do is I put I bought the uh, the hoodie, so I can put the hoodie over the lightweight or hoodie over the uh, medium weight, and then if it gets uh, warm after that, I I got a vest, so I can put like an insulated vest on. That's a windproof uh, windbreaker uh, insulated vest. It like okay. their layering yeah. systems are awesome. If you go on there, you can build. They got a system builder on their website. I yeah, mean, they have like a versatile, you know, oh, it's user-friendly just, product, you know, placement yeah. kind of thing. There. So, yeah, like I say, absolutely. for a product of the day to day, it's it's not it's not a product. It's just to to it's a brand. It's a brand out there that I did not yeah. ever hear about before. About four or five years ago, I had a buddy yeah. of mine that came down hunting from the states. Uh, our buddy from Illinois, and that's all he uses. And I mean, once I got to seeing that, I was like, man, this is what I'm going to gear up in. <laughs> and it took yeah. me five years, literally, to gear myself up because you buy a couple pieces every year. Yeah. But, like, I have, and I mean, I use and abuse this gear, and I've not ripped it. I, it looks the exact same today as it did before. Everything awesome. still works. Yeah. It's, it's just great gear, you know. Definitely consider it. Look at it. Go inform yourself. Try it on, and you won't regret it. Perfect. All right. Well, with that, I think it, I think we've covered all bases of today's episode. Yeah. Uh, and I think, uh, well, we covered all what that we can cover in terms of, you know, idea and advices that we, uh, the advice that we've been able to give you guys uh, in terms of, you know, private land selection, what to look out for when you're going out there. And also our, you know, personal preferences between stocking, spot and stocking and also stand hunting yeah. and the advantages to each one of those as well as our product that we uh, that we just mentioned so with that i think uh, everything is i'm gonna we're gonna sign out on this one yep and uh we like usual wish you guys all a great stay at home uh, and to be safe out there and uh, so on and so forth so uh have a good one cheers cheers